got a pilot. We got a pro professional here, Dan. <laughs> I know. Pilot in the house. But from a geography standpoint, it makes no fucking sense. No. <laughs> and then all right. I, pr I press. Who I, said screw y'all? We don't. We don't. We don't subscribe to any of those. <laughs> the first words they get to hear is an f bomb about meridians. It's, it's a time. It's a. It's all a time. Good. Time zone podcast tonight. We're just debating time zones. We got all the time zones. <laughs> all right. Let Let's get this time zone going. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the intro rolling. We're gonna rock this thing because we got we only got Muzio for. He, yeah, he put a, he put a limit on us, so uh, you know we got to squeeze him. We got to max. We're at an hour and twenty six minutes right now. All right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trade's not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's a... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? We are back in the district, and it's that time of year, man. The fever, it's hot. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's hot. You're in rookie drafts. That rookie fever is at max point right now. And I don't know if you guys noticed, I got Spider-Man on, right? You know Spider-Man, he's got Spidey senses. He, he shoots his webs, right? He's going from building to building. If he, if he hooks onto the wrong building or the wrong thing, he's going down, right? It's just like us in these rookie drafts. We've got to use our Spidey senses, the research we've done, obviously, we've been bringing the monster guests to give you guys all the help you need. And tonight is no different. I'm with my boys. I got my man, Dan, right beside me. Dan, how are you? At Overhype Sleeper, no E on the end. Looking slick with the purples tonight, brother. Well, yeah, I had to, had to pull out the old uh, Vikings uh, shirt, you know, just, just because since we had the draft and everything, uh, you know, a little, little bit of football time. Uh, for the wardrobe, even though mostly it just happens in the fall, you got to pull it out just around the NFL draft time. Shout out to to Wheeler. He's he's trying to get my two eleven in, in one of our in the OG goat rookie draft. And shout out to you guys if you're in the chat. Make sure you drop the questions tonight. We wanna we wanna squeeze Billy and his knowledge. Uh, like Theo said in our own DM, he's you know if, if not the hardest guy in fantasy. And Theo, you know what? We'll, we'll let you intro our guest tonight. I mean, you know, he, he's he's back on the show. He's a friend of the, the show, but he's got to get the creds, man. Give him the creds he deserves. Bring him in and let's get this thing started. So so Billy is not only a friend of the show, but he's a friend of ours. Um, re really a great, a great fantasy player and also a great fantasy analyst. Um, he is the senior high stakes analyst at Full Time Fantasy. Um, and we, a couple weeks back, we, we wanted somebody to give us draft reactions. So Billy was the one I reached out to, cause I know that he's going to be quick 
with being being able to not only adjust his rankings, but adjust maybe his, his priors on guys and kind of move forward. And Billy is also able to wear a dynasty hat and a redraft hat. So it's kind of nice to look at things from um, from both perspectives. So uh, welcome back to the Ghost District, Billy. We're happy to have you back. And how are you doing? How are you feeling? Thanks for the introduction. I'm, I'm doing better. Thanks for rescheduling. I came down with a fever uh, over the weekend and through Monday. So appreciate your guys' flexibility. Um, hence the name Rookie Fever, right? We're, we're going to carry fresh that Fresh off a of fever and bring in the fever, right, Billy? <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep it hot now with the rookie, with the rookie analytics. And, and uh, we're going to jump into not only Dynasty, but Redraft. There's a lot of talk tonight. So looking forward to it. I, this is the first time I'll actually be talking with you know, anyone else in regards to the moves I've done with my rookie rankings and uh, what I'm looking at for my in-season rankings. So there's been a lot of movement. I'm still moving people daily uh, as I'm kind of going deeper and deeper and deeper down the list and looking at UDFAs and looking at, you know, uh, drops and whatever it may be. There's there's things that always you're always tweaking your rankings. And and um, I made sure to go through those again today for the show and I'm ready to talk about them. Awesome. Oh, sorry, Theo. I was just going to say, I mean, it, it's like I said, we're all we're all starting these rookie drafts right now. Right. Or we're, we're doing best balls where you're, you're trying to plan, especially in the later rounds, which ones you might try to get to get production this year. So we're going to touch on all of that tonight. Let's start macro, Dan. Maybe you throw out the first question uh, to be always to, to be to Billy and get a get. Go yeah. from, go, <laughs> I got to get that in a sound effect. Yeah. Looks <laughs> at all guys, chat. We just grunt at each other. I mean, that's, that's really all that's necessary. I, I, <laughs> so, I, yes. So, Billy, what what were your overall thoughts on the draft? Um, you know, big picture, you know, did it go kind of like you thought it would? You know, you know, more or less wide receivers in the first round, uh, more or less running backs on day one and day two. What What were your overall thoughts? Yeah, I, I actually I entered the huddle report, the mock draft uh, competition, uh, and I had 27 of correct picks in, in round or I should say 27 correct players in round one. Um, the, the order was just all the way off. Like it, it, This was just one of the toughest years <laughs> to project a landing spot for a lot of these teams. There was just so many different ways that the, the first five, let alone first three picks could have gone that would have just drastically and did drastically change the draft. So, uh, you know, I had like, had I adjusted my, my, my rankings or my draft, I should say my draft board uh, on Wednesday, instead of playing golf, I would have had the first five, right. Which probably would have led me to get the rest of them. Right. But I chose to play golf instead. And I submitted mine on Tuesday night and then went and played golf and said, I'm not going to check everything and get all mad about my, my rankings. And, um, that was a mistake, but you know, at the end of the day, I had more fun and uh, um, still had 27 players right. So it went as expected. I think you know the the topic of the draft was how many wide receivers are we going to see go in round one, and I and I think that um, that number was was pretty heavy. And we saw honestly probably one less than I anticipated going in round one, but um, I, I do think it was it was pretty standard, or I should say, pretty typical of what my thoughts were going to be. We were going to see a lot of defensive players go, a lot of offensive line players go, and a lot of um, wide receivers go. And then quarterbacks for me were just going to be pushed down the board because it was a, a pretty weak quarterback class. And I did not expect a running back to go around one. The only one I, I had any um, 
kind of chance of going round one was going to be Brees Hall. And the only landing spot I had even pegged him to possibly go was going to be Buffalo. Um, and it did not happen. So, uh, you know, wide receivers were uh, the talk of the draft. So I think that was as expected. Do you do you think and Billy, I'm, I'm the one who throws in the questions that are not on the show sheet. Just FYI. that's great. Um, no, I'm just wondering because of the way this this draft class is kind of turned out where where the landing spots arrives like you talked about the weaker qb do you think people are going to make moves or or make aggressive moves or maybe overvalue i guess what i'm saying is do you think a lot of these guys are going to get overvalued because of the relative choices that you have because like you know if, if you desperately want a quarterback in a super flex like you know you got to take a guy uncomfortably uh, you know, versus where he's going, maybe in ADP to get him, or you know what I mean. Like, do you think guys are going to make aggressive moves, like to get what they think they need? But in the end, just because of where we are with this class, maybe we're overshooting um, with regards to the values. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we look at prior to the draft, Malik Willis was like the 101 in Superflex leagues, and looking back in hindsight, for those who drafted prior to the draft, that's a mistake. Right. And I, I, I thought it was always a little high. Brees Hall was always my one one and I had a few wide receivers ahead of him. I just wasn't high on the rookie quarterback class. You know, that being said, I think Willis was the only one I was really, really willing to make, take a chance on because of the rushing upside. And I just like his character as well. Uh, but if it's me and you, if you are in a desperate situation in a super flex, you know, dynasty draft or whatever it may be, like, I'm going after somebody like Davis Mills, like throwing a pick for someone who has Davis Mills because trading out. They're, they're probably going to be, you know, likely to get rid of them for something cheaper than around one. Right. And you could probably package something cheap for them. You can go after someone like Goff. You can get all sorts of, uh, you know, different packages that you'd be able to um, throw together to acquire somebody that's going to be able to get you through 2022. Okay. I like that. Yep. Totally makes sense. So uh, did anybody else have any big picture um, takeaways from from the draft? I mean, for me, it was the wide receiver position is kind of here to stay. We had six six go in the first round. We could have seen eight go in the first round. Last year, we had five go in the first round. And then Kyle Pitts went, you know, where he went. So we could, you know, kind of treat him as a wide receiver. And then we see all these contracts guys are getting in the offseason. So it seems like the wide receiver position has just become – you know, such a focal point for, for NFL teams right now. And they're looking to build it in the draft with these rookie contracts. And you're, you're also seeing different flavors, right, Theo? That's that's what I find interesting. You got the Colts going one direction and then you got, you know, uh, like you, you each team is is picking their favorite flavors. So it's giving a, a good variety as well as the depth. For sure. Theo, what are your thoughts? Or Theo, I'm looking at Billy and I'm saying Theo. Billy, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, Theo and I have the same hair. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty easy to confuse us. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. What was the question? We're just talking about, do you think that the, the, the prioritizing the wide receiver position is, is here to stay? You know, combining all the big moves we saw in trades, contracts guys are getting, and then draft capital you've seen in back-to-back drafts um, at the wide receiver position. Do you think that this is a, a kind of a, a changing of the guard and this is something we're going to see continually. No, I think it's going to vary class by class and strength by strength. I think we're going to, I think the NFL is going to deem what, you know, is most important to uh, their teams and their clubs and they're going to make adjustments and then fantasy manager will kind of follow suit. Right. If, 
if Brees Hall had gone 105 overall, which is, you know, wouldn't have happened. But if he did, if someone was that, you know, team was that dumb to do it, fantasy managers would have reacted as well. So I, I think that, you know, draft capital has a lot to do with, you know, the landscape of fantasy, right? That's why some players always get overdrafted because draft capital is spent on a player and it shoots them up people's boards. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in talent over draft capital. Right? You look back at the the classic debate of Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor, right? And that's, you know, you know, I would like to present, you know, evidence as here as 101, right? Or evidence A. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, I don't know how to say it. Exhibit, right? exhibit but, A. Thank you. Exhibit A. As, I've been as, watching the Johnny Depp stuff. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, how can you not, man? Come on. It's... So, you know, enter Exhibit A here. Everyone had Jonathan Taylor top of their board. And then what happened? The Chiefs drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round. And it, he shot up draft boards. He was being overdrafted. And Jonathan Taylor, you know, slipped a bit because where he was drafted, where he was, where he landed in the draft. And had you stuck to your guns and gone with the talent, you'd be owning Jonathan Taylor right now on your dynasty team and not Clyde Edwards Alaire. So there's, you know, prime examples like that that just follow suit year after year in the NFL. And we see it happen in the same landscape in fantasy land as well. What what about the other way, guys? What about because I'm seeing it right now where guys that were taken in the fifth round in the draft are going ahead of, you know, second round draft capital or better draft capital. So what about the other way where situation is maybe overpowering other factors that we're, we're weighing in on. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, there's kind of a disconnect between wide receiver and running back and you have to really apply two different scales to it. And, you know, you, you just have to look at, okay, you know, not only, you know, where, you know, what round were they drafted in because with the running backs, they've been slipping later and later in the draft. So, you know, what used to be, you know, like around four running back right now, probably five years ago would have been round three, maybe even round two. Um, That's a good point. You know, so they, they kind of slide backwards and you just have to, you really have to just to analyze the talent, you know, like what Billy was talking about, um, you know, and just recognize that, um, the running back position is going to get pushed down. Wide receiver position has been kind of pushed up a little bit, and you know, and and you're you have to have your own decision point of do I take that second round wide receiver or that fourth round running back because they might you know be relatively equal as far as like what they can do for your fantasy team in coming years. So uh, you know, it's just kind of assessing the landing spot and what their talent is and you know, all that put together, if that makes any sense. Totally. I think it's also very like format driven too, right? Like if you're in a start three wide receiver dynasty league, wide receivers going to get pushed up the board and running backs are going to drop. Or if you're in a start two running back and start two wide receiver league, it's going to be vice versa. You're going to see wide receivers fall down or somebody who's going to be maybe a second or third round talent might slip in a rookie draft because the running back is, is a bit more of, has a bit more of importance in fantasy scoring. So I, it, it, it's there's so many different variables that you know to answer that question. I just don't think it's a black and white answer, but it, there is you know you can give guidelines and and Dan had some good examples. I think I had some good examples, but you got there's just so many different ways that you have to analyze that in order to to make that call. I think. I just think with the running backs, I think there's kind of two two frames of thought. I think that in some rookie drafts, people are going to have the Trey Sermon lesson, where a guy got pushed up. 
Um, you know, there was the hype train, you know, reached a fever pitch, except for Dan, who managed to flip Trey Sermon for like three first round picks somehow. But most normal fantasy, most normal fantasy players are still feeling that in their guts. So maybe a lower draft capital guy maybe is a little more of a value this year in certain drafts. I think like a guy like um, Damian Pierce might be up and down the board in, in, in several different rookie drafts. I think like his value might be different league to league. But I think that my takeaway is if you're going to take a, a rookie um, that doesn't have great draft capital, it's it's the Michael Carter lesson. And the James Robinson, you know, was not a draft capital guy, but, you know, dynasty players, some players did not cash out after that rookie year. NFL teams just don't have the sort of loyalty to these guys that don't have the draft capital at the running back position, and they're going to look to improve. So if you do take an Allegier or if you take a, uh, a uh, you know, um, Name name your guy here, Pierce. Zamir White. Zamir White doesn't matter. Anybody who you're you're betting on from these these later rounds, you almost treat it like a what is he going to give you this year? You're not. I'm looking mm-hmm. for instant instant production from him. Almost treating him like a high end handcuff that you keep on the back of your roster that might turn into a lottery ticket rather than a guy that you know I think is going to build value every single year of his NFL career because Michael Carter really did hurt a lot of people um, this year. And it wasn't based on how he played. It was based on they saw a chance to improve their roster. We should have seen it coming as dynasty players. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back years, we get lessons with this. It's like Elijah Mitchell right now. I love Elijah Mitchell. I think Elijah Mitchell is set to have a very, very good season. But then the 49ers go out and take another back. So it's – there's if you know if I was a glass, a glass half-empty guy, I'd be maybe fielding calls to try to cash out on Elijah Mitchell in my rookie draft. Um, so it's I, I don't know the running back position is just a funny one for these lower draft capital guys. Yeah, that's because Trey Sermon sucks. <laughs> San Fran, San Fran boy, there. This is true. This is yes. true. And Wilson isn't the you know the poster child of health, right? Like I, that's that's a pure. I to me that's a pure like depth signing as well as upside. The, 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 the kid the kid can run, but he's not going to supplant Mitchell after last year. Like they fully committed to him. Like that is a hundred percent. Mitchell uh, is still there. Trey Sermon sucks. This is let's, let's try to fix our mistake from last year and have another back on, on this team. That's not named Wilson or Kyle's use check. And, and that's, that is probably, that is probably the correct takeaway. And I'm, I'm a big Elijah Mitchell guy. I just, it's just the, in the back of your mind with yeah. the draft capital thing, it just kind of weighs on you as a dynasty player. You just never oh, feel safe with Shanahan. those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, and I've talked, I've talked about that on here. Just the nature of the of the running back position in that offense, right? How they just they wear down and they're going to get hurt and they're going to cycle through. So you want to add depth, and as as them managing the roster, they're adding depth every year. It's kind of like the, you know Pittsburgh adding that second round receiver, right? They 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 just keep cycling him in, and then you know what? Maybe we don't have to pay the guy when he's when he needs big money, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into um, let's get into Billy's uh, moving values with these rookies. Theo, what are we starting at? Top what? What 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 players moved up in your rankings based on landing spots? Um, Maybe you could touch on some of the guys inside uh, the top ten rookie, the big name rookies. First of all, yeah, I I, it starts for me with Burks. Like I, I wasn't crazy high on Burks. Like a lot of people had him as their 101 you know, or as the best wide receiver in this class, he was good in college, but I just wasn't, I didn't love his tape. I it just, I didn't fall in love with it. And, and watching that, like I, I had him relatively low compared to a lot of analysts. I had him at eight prior to the draft 
And after the landing spot, I moved to two, right? It, only behind Brees Hall. And you look at it and, and you ask, well, why? Why did you move him up that high if you were that don't like his tape? And he just he steps into an immediate wide receiver role, a wide receiver one role, I should say. You know, no competition. You know, Tennessee has the second most vacated targets in the league with 336. Um, 64 percent of their team's target share is available right now on this team from from new faces landing in Tennessee and you know in my opinion like you'd really really have to suck in order for you know that not to pan out the amount of targets he's going to get peppered with Bob Woods is probably going to start the season you know limited or on the pup so there's you know there's just so many factors here that like the stars have aligned for him to have a monstrous rookie season just purely due to volume. Whether I like his tape or don't like his tape, the opportunity is there. And I just posted that article or short you know, piece about opportunity being king and and vacated targets. And I mean, it's top of the list. Tennessee is top of the list. It's only behind Kansas City in terms of vacated targets. And when you have that type of opportunity, like I can't help but move somebody up aboard. So Burks to me was the, the one who made the biggest jump inside the top 10. And then Drake London went from four to three. Again, it's an opportunity base, right? He steps into an X receiver role for the Falcons with Pitts, you know, running, running on his side. No Calvin Ridley for the year. Um, you know, they have the fifth most vacated targets with 238. 43% of their target share is available right now in the field. So I like London quite a bit. Uh, Walker moved down just on the landing spot. I'm just not crazy about Seattle and Pete Carroll and, you know, what they do to running backs and how they use them. And I mean, they drafted Penny in, in the first round and uh, what do you say? Burke's on the block on the block of six first. <laughs> Wheeler's Wheeler's always trying to negotiate deals in our chat. Yes. Our DM in our, uh, in our chat. So, they, they drafted, you know, Penny in round one and they didn't even play him. So mm-hmm. what, what makes you think that Walker is going to supplant Penny? And after after the the season ending run that Penny had, it's going to be hard to not play him uh, from from Pete Carroll's standpoint, because Penny was arguably the hottest running back down the stretch. So Walker definitely moved down my board for landing spot. And then James Cook moved into the top 10 for me um, based upon his landing spot. I'm not crazy about it, but. Again, it's it's a pass catching role, change of pace role, and one of the best offenses in the league. I'm not crazy about his tape, but the landing spot itself bumps him up slightly for me, just enough to get into the top ten. Let's Theo. Let me squeeze. Uh, let's squeeze a quick question from the chat here. Uh, I know we're talking tight ends. He's thought. He, I mean, there's not too many tight ends to talk about in this draft. But Wheeler's wondering with Trey McBride, uh, difference in fantasy value between him and the other tight ends what does mcbride rank versus the veterans is that to me first you said yeah, yeah sorry sorry billy yeah um versus the veteran veterans yeah like i guess he's he wants to know where mcbride where mcbride ranks versus the other players currently you know at the tight end position that are in the uh, so we're talking redraft uh, I think I, if I'm if I'm reading this question correctly, Wheeler's saying where does Trey McBride land on dynasty rankings? Is that yeah, what like I'm, startup I'm, rankings? Yes. Yeah, like if you're if are you see a top fifteen starter? Where does he rank for That's, you? Yeah, top, easy way. Where for you, Billy's? Where would you have him? Ballpark. Mm, thanks for the translation, Theo. That's <laughs> I, I speak I speak fluent Wheeler. 
Let me pull. I can pull my rankings up. One second. Yeah, no problem. Dan, what do you do? You have any thoughts on on McBride? I know I know Theo loves the rookie tight ends. He he gets me excited. Even I, you know, you know me and rookie tight ends. He even gets me excited by the end of the the off season. But uh, where are you, Dan, with the with uh, McBride? Yeah, I, I I like the talent. I like the landing spot. Um, I ha- I have not done you know like overall um, dynasty rankings, so it's it's a little bit tougher to say where I'd put him against the veterans. Uh, but I think I thought his landing spot was one of the better ones. Oh yeah. And then um, there was uh, also um, you know Jelani Woods had a pretty nice landing spot with uh, Indiana. Um, Dulcich mm-hmm. kind of got uh, burned by having to go to Denver and compete with uh, Albert O. You know, so McBride uh, he he's like a full round above uh, Woods and Dulcich for me. Um, you know, as far as rookie drafts, as far as, um, you know, NFL talent, I guess I would put McBride probably, I would rank him somewhere around 16 to 19, somewhere in there. Like a mid, uh, mid tight end two. Yeah. Mid tight end two right now. Okay. I, I might have, I might have McBride a little higher um, than Dan. I think I might have him like a little bit more like an early second round pick. Um, I like the landing spot a lot. And uh, I think with the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, I think you could see them using Ertz and McBride together um, early on. So I, I like the landing spot. I think that, you know, some people are not going to like the fact that Ertz is there. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's it's the NFL. Talent wins out eventually. Um, and McBride just just got attached to a very good quarterback um, in an offense that's a, that's above average. So we, we can't be disappointed in that. I think if you're an FFPC player and you're on the clock and and maybe you're strong at the wide receiver position – um, you know, I would consider McBride as early as like the 201. I think that's that's about right yeah. for him. Yeah. To, to clarify, I was talking about like overall against all tight ends, rookie or not. Oh, oh, I, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, apologize, I, I, I have him at uh, I have him at the 112 uh, for Dynasty. So I just pulled up my my tight end rankings for Dynasty against all tight ends as tight end 16. He's one spot above Hunter Henry. There you go. Give a quick. I'll give a quick OT. A uh, quick on the clock. Cole Komet with the Bears or Trey McBride with the Cardinals. Now that we're in the landing spot, Matt. I'll always go proven first. Ir- Irv, Irv Smith versus Trey McBride. Irv Smith. Oh yeah, that's that's closer. Uh, you know what? I was a big Irv Smith guy, and Dan, I don't know if you and I have been drinking the same water, but we both went from like wanting him everywhere to like let's get rid of Irv as much as we can. I don't know why. Um, I, I might lean McBride. I really like the landing spot. I mean, the, in that offense, what's going on? Uh, I think there's great opportunity there. I'm not a big rookie tight end guy, but um, yeah, it, the thing is, Irv hasn't proved it yet either, and that's why here I'm more on the fence versus Komet, who's shown us something. Last OTC, Albert O with Dulcich landing there versus Trey McBride. Oh, easily Albert. I'm, Albert, I'm Albert huge o. on Al- Albert O this year. Yeah, I'm have Albert O too. Yeah, Dol- okay. Dulcich doesn't really move the needle for me this year. Uh, you know, I think he might might cause problems later, but for this year, I don't think he will. And I think if you can if you can get Albert O cheap because somebody's worried about Dulcich, you oh, can yeah. probably if you're that worried about Dulcich, you could probably flip him in the middle of the year and and uh, you know make a profit there. Well, he flashed last year, and Fant was there right ahead of right. him. So yeah. he's 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 attracting targets somehow. Like for me, I'm having trouble with like Trey McBride and Evan Ingram for me. I have them pretty close. Yeah, there you go. And 
I, I don't know if I'm just an Evan Ingram homer and he just hasn't really hit like I thought he was going to hit, but like I still have them. I have McBride one spot above Evan Ingram or two spot above Evan Ingram. Hunter Henry's in between them, but that's kind of that same tier for me. Of I like Ingram. Right now. It's tight end position, right? These guys, yeah. uh, some of these guys are going to take time. They might, they, they, they might need to, to be in a different offense. Um, and Ingram, you mean, I mean, that guy had talent, right? Coming out and, and we've seen flashes. So if he stays healthy, there's opportunity there. I like it. I just wanted to go back to one thing Billy was talking about with your Burks, Burks in London and uh, Walker stuff makes sense. Um, but one guy I wanted to also get Dan's opinion on uh, JD's. Um, can you elaborate on, on James Cook? Is this a guy like you want exposure to as as a as a dynasty manager, or is it? Uh, elaborate a little bit more on the on the landing spot and kind of where you're at with him. I'm I'm not as high on Cook. Um, I see him as like more like Naheem Hines uh, than anything else. That's a else. great. Com- yeah, I like that. And you know, and I don't mean Naheem Hines with Philip Rivers. I mean Naheem Hines with um, <laughs> you know <laughs> with Jacoby Brissett or with Carson Wentz. Uh, which was not nearly as good. The Rivers version of Naheem Hines was not bad, but, um, you know, I, I just don't see enough passes going to the running back in the Buffalo offense. If they truly do split him out wide and use him more as a, you know, like a, you know, a, a semi wide receiver, then I can maybe get a little bit more behind him. But then, you know, the wide receiver depth chart is also pretty stacked. So, you know, I, I just have a hard time figuring out where he's going to get, you know, a ton of targets. Uh, you know, I think Singletary is probably the better runner of the two. And, you know, that's not to say that Cook isn't going to get some carries, but, you know, it's just kind of like I I just have a hard time figuring how he's going to get just a ton of volume uh, that matters for fantasy. Cook is Andre Ellington 2.0. Yeah, that, that's I like that. Okay. The, the argument I heard about, like, against what you just said, Dan, is that they want Allen, they want to start training him basically to dump it off a bit more so that he's not getting smashed at the goal line as often. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and but, you know what? Adrian Peterson was also going to catch passes every year, too. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> not to cut you off, but I mean, it's. Yeah, just, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's, it, you know, they're, they're always talking about, yeah, it'd be really nice if we could do this. We, but, you know, when you're, when you're working against a player's strengths, uh, I, I have a hard time imagining that they're going to, you know, just totally change your spots. He went off the board at the 109 in our – and shout out to the uh, Dynasty Depot. Um, we're, in a, we're in the Dynasty Depot Masters League. Uh, it's an FFPC league, and, and we started our rookie draft early. He went off the 109 um, in, our, in our draft. Dan, do you think that that's about where he's going to settle in for FFPC and, and Billy as well? Um, or you think it's going to kind of he's going to kind of move up and down the board? Um, I, I think he's leagues. yeah, I think he's going between nine and twelve in FFPC drafts, uh, rookie drafts. I think that's probably about his range. Uh, I don't have a ton of interest there. Uh, if he drops into the the early second, then I do. You know, and 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 part of that is just because this was such a weak running back class. Like and, you know, and, if you if you put him in the last five classes and you know just lump all those guys together, he falls pretty far down there for me. And, and yeah, that was my question from before, right? To Billy was exactly that, because because he went what one ten in the OG, and that's where these guys are going. So you almost have to take these running backs one round ahead. Sorry, uh, Billy. Yeah, I mean he is my tenth ranked, but I'm not going to own any. Like I don't, I won't buy him at that price. There you I, go. I just that's where I'm expecting him to go. Like 
I I agree. This is a weak class, but there's there's other backs that intrigue me that you can get in rounds three and four that have equal opportunity that I would much rather have and invest little to nothing in and take the upside with a wide receiver or if I'm desperate, a tight end or whatever it may be. Running back is tough this year. You know, running back has always been my favorite target in rookie drafts. That's how I built my rosters. I I soup up the other positions in trades, uh, you know, get proven guys and I draft rookies. And this year is tough, man, because, you know, we're talking about guys like Algier and, you know, fifth round, fourth round draft capital. You got to take these guys in the second round, mid second round, if you want them. Dude, there's some sneaky. There's some sneaky good ones, though. There really are. Yeah. And, 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 And we are not talking about the last one on your list of the big jumpers. We're just, yeah. we're not going to mention that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, we'll, we'll have that. We'll have a little Omerta on that name. There you go. <laughs> I've been bargoing that name. <laughs> so, uh, not a lot of people have that name on their sheets. I don't say it. I saw about there. I was like, no, Billy, no, no. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Can I sing a song? <laughs> it would have been it would have been like mentioning jared dokes too early before Rick last year. Yeah, yeah. i want to have full exposure to a guy before we we mention his name um yes. maybe you could talk about some of your your risers um a little a little lower down the board um particularly um wandell robinson yeah yeah i i liked wandell i was a little higher than some on him but i was you know i wasn't like extraordinary high on him just because of his size but with his landing spot and how the coach utilizes small receivers um you know he has a history of utilizing small receivers i really like the spot as well we talked about draft capital and you have to kind of take a look at what team spent on the player and what their plan is to utilize them you gotta look at opportunity and you gotta look at target shares and you gotta look at you know injured players there's just so many different things that you have to consider when you're analyzing a player and trying to estimate number one what their adp you know, should be or to what you're willing to spend on them because those are two different things, in my opinion. You know, but you know, that being said, Wandale Robinson moved up five spots on my board just because of where he landed and the opportunity that's available to him. And I love how he's utilizing packages as a hybrid player, right? He's able to be used as he was a hybrid running back coming out of high school and 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 so he has the ability to run the ball, has the ability to to, to catch the ball. You know, he it just reminds me of like a small version of Debo is what it is, right? He's just this lightning fast player that's explosive and can just seep through creases. And so I think, you know, the new new coach here, I think that he's gonna be utilized in, in a in a great a great way. And then you have the next one for me, and I love this kid, Romeo Dubes. Like I was talking about him all the time on Twitter, and I would not be surprised if he actually outscored Watson in his rookie year. And and i mean this kid returns punts like he's gonna see the field because he can play special teams as well and i really like his skill set i fell in love with his tape i remember i was i was like 1 a.m and i texted dave and like a madman he responded at 3 a.m his time and i was like you know who i really like is (laughs) is romeo dubes like this kid's a stud i'm gonna start taking him in around 20 of every single draft and it was like towards the tail end of these early drafts and i just started taking him all the time hoping that he would get drafted by a team that we liked and when i saw him selected by the packers i was like leaping for joy because uh landing spot there's there's going to be some available targets of course um you know he's gonna be linked to a pretty damn good quarterback he's gonna be able to beat out a lot of competition so i think that romeo dubes should be able to see the field quite a bit here in 2022 and probably has a lot of room to grow in dynasty 
Where would you be comfortable taking him in a in a rookie draft, Dubes? So I've been so I've done two rookie drafts already. One before the draft, I got him at the end of round four. I don't do not expect that to happen again. I'm in another one that's a slow draft. I was gonna wait to try to take him at the end of two, the beginning of three round around there because I have a, a late second and an early third pick. Kind of gauge it out to see what's happening to the board, but I think that's about where he'll fall, unless people you know get high on him. But I'm I'm gonna say you could probably get him probably in, in the middle, into second to early third, depending upon your league and the format. But, I mean, I have no problem taking him in, in the second round. Nothing, and, and, guys, nothing wrong with getting high on dubs, right? Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> a big, fat dubs. Um, I think it's it's kind of an interesting – like the I love the dubs call, and I think that it's kind of like a few summers back we had the Brian Edwards-Henry uh, Ruggs situation where – they were both drafted. Rugs goes two rounds earlier. Um, but then over the summer, you got kind of the hype, the hype, the hype. And at the end of the summer, you know, the the Brian Edwards uh, hype train was was going and, and you know, he was moving up and up redraft um, as well. So it's kind of I think you could see that with dupes, especially because it's just it's just so barren uh, in the Green Bay wide receiver room. And I love your call on, on Wandell Robinson. I think that um, the fact that the Giants took him ahead of Pickens, ahead of Sky Moore, um, he's like a, also like a high character, like team guy, you know, they're super excited to get him in New York. It's a new coaching staff. Um, I think it's, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, he's very, very short. So I think that, uh, you know, you might get a, a, a huge discount in rookie drafts, but it's not out of the question that he sees a lot of targets as a rookie. Um, and you see more and more of these NFL teams just taking smaller wide receivers back to back drafts now. You know, we saw Dotson go in the first round where he went. He's like 175 pounds. And then we have, you know, Wandell going early second. And then last year we had, you know, Rondell. We had Tutu Atwell. So I, I feel like NFL teams are – the wide receiver position is just shrinking on a lot of these teams, uh, you know, profiles of guys. It's it's just kind of crazy. But I'm not yeah. betting against Wandell. The guy, he's a baller. Um, yeah, he really is. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and you know – shall we say shots fired across, uh, you know, Kadarius Tony, um, you know, the giants are, are, are saying all the nice things about Kadarius Tony, but you know, they, okay. He got the playbook, all that kind of stuff. Um, but as soon as they had an opportunity to, to take somebody with a similar skill set, you know, they, they went right ahead and did that. Uh, you know, so that, that tells you something a little bit there. And as, as Theo was saying, you know, Wandale's kind of a high character guy. Whereas Tony, uh, you know, you just qu- question his commitment to the game uh, in a lot of ways. So, Absolutely. yeah, I think I think that's a that's a really good um, good way to look at it. Quick OTC for you guys before the first plug of the day here: Wandell Robinson, Billy, or Jalen Tolbert. Mm. Oh, I love when I get that. What's the format? Uh, this one was a one QB, just regular PPR. Start, start two. I, two. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Wandale because I like the hybrid role, but that's close. That's I think I have them in the same tier. There's a tier question on this sheet. I think I think they're in the same tier. Yeah, but I think it's actually Wheeler that took Tolbert. Uh, he did actually with Tolbert. He took Tolbert uh, two spots. Or three spots ahead of Wondell Robinson at 205, and then Robinson went at 208. I just looked at the tier in order. That tier is Dubes, Wondell, Tolbert. So, yeah, I picked Wondell. 
Nice. <laughs> nice. You guys have anything different, Dan? Deal? <clears throat> no, I've got Wandell just a little bit higher, but same tier. Yeah, I think it's about the same for me. I'll go Wandell because of draft capital and, uh, and less competition for targets. But Tolbert landed great. Yeah, yeah you, you have to think that the 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 Cowboys added James Washington, right? Who's better than people think, and they still have Gallup coming back. They've re-signed Schultz. They're going to use Tony Pollard out of the slot probably more this year. Like, there's just a lot more competition there for targets. So, good call, Theo, on the targets. <clears throat> Talk Theo, to us about your your Theo. Before we go to the next one, we got to give a quick, quick, quick plug to our friends at the FFPC. You guys know how it's it's like that. You know that hot club in the summer is right now myffpc.com you want to ball you want to play best ball you want to play for a million bucks a million bucks man for real you play fantasy you win a million dollars right now the grand prize is a million dollars the main event myffpc.com go check it out best balls you you can win 200 grand with a best ball right now is it one is it a, a 125 or 100 i haven't done one of these yet i only did the 125s is it still 125 guys remind me yep. Yeah, 125, yep. 125 buy-in, 200 grand to first dynasty startups. Guys, there's a 250 Triflex. Come on, Rotoviz. I've been sitting in there. we got a couple people. <laughs> Let's fill that baby up, man. I want to draft a startup. And then we've got for sure the Football Guys Players Championship. You guys know it. You love it. 500 Geno's grand prize. You get an early bird special right now with a $35 credit if you get three myffpc.com tag us if you're not already on there we'll hook you up with a sign up bonus sorry Theo go ahead there has to be a few people listening to the show right now that want to compete against JD please sign up for this 250 triflex JD's been trying to get this to fill for you know a couple of weeks yeah Yeah. Um, Billy talk to us about two particular running backs Damian Pierce and then Tyler Batty I like them both Um, I Batty's another sneaky one, right? Like he's going so late in rookie drafts, but he steps into a, a a opportunity that people are, you know, underestimating how many vacated carries are there right now. You know, both the running backs that are coming back are coming off major injury. Um, you have, you know, the running backs that were there last year are no longer on the roster. So it's a very unique situation depending upon health and what's going to happen with Gus Edwards. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> with the rest of the running back core there because Batty's a pretty damn good running back and he could supplant Edwards pretty quickly and could find himself in the mix for a starting role, you know, or at least sprinkled in earlier rather than later. So uh, for someone who's going as late as he is in rookie drafts, um, why not throw the dart there? And then Pierce, I like Pierce, I think, um, a lot. I, the, the opportunity, I'm just, it's, it's Houston, right? And you look at it as a running back landing in Houston and what type of opportunities he going to run into a team that is just flooded with a bunch of Jags. And is he going to be able to, are they going to throw him into the mix right away? If, if they do, what does that look like? They're going to be playing from behind. How much one down, two work is he really going to take? Rex Burkhead probably mixes in on third downs. You still have Marlon Mack there, who I think personally wins the job. So I like Damon Pierce, but I just I'm not going crazy on it. But he's just you know one of those players that is going to go like this all year, I think, in drafts because of the news. Like you already saw them come out and saying that he has to earn his spot uh, in this running back competition. And so I think as you continue to see camp news 
kind of up and down. His ADP is going to do the same. Uh, and then the last one, I'll let you guys name since you don't want me to name him on the show. I'm not. I'm not <clears throat> going to do it because I don't want to. <laughs> well, why, how about we talk about this name next next week, Dan? We can do a after the rookie draft uh, start. We can let Dan talk about the about him for like a couple of minutes. We can there have we Jay start rapping right now and sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No more hits. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's, bat, oh sorry go ahead Jim. <laughs> no go ahead let's if, if you have any more on the running backs let's let's hit that bat, batty i'll say that pierce pierce a lot of people are talking about but batty's super interesting i'm glad billy brought him up in the show sheet um and there's a couple of baltimore beat writers who have thrown out the name ray rice in terms of just his yeah. profile He's like that shorter 200-pound guy who catches the ball as well. Um, so they're excited about him in Baltimore, despite um, him him being a lower draft capital guy. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like a Duke Johnson, a Giovanni Bernard type of back, right? And I think that's almost exactly what the Ravens need, especially after losing a lot of vac- a lot of targets with giving up Marquise Brown. So we're going to see a completely new-look offense this year. I mean, of course, it's going to be funneled through um, you know, the tight end, but we're gonna, it's going to be – we're going to see a lot different approaches from the backfield. It's not just going to, I mean, they're going to be one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL like they always are, but they're probably going to be a little bit more dump offs as well. Yeah. I, I traded away um, JK Dobbins um, in one of my leagues. And that was before the Hollywood news hit. And I, I, I definitely had a little bit of uh, seller's remorse on that one. Um, <laughs> You know, because I, I I do think that uh, you know Dobbins can he can catch the ball. He's smooth. Uh, you know, if he if he's all the way back from that injury, I think that's going to be uh, you know a solid pick for sure. Yeah, you just wonder like, yeah, it, it it's it's the key of how 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 healthy is he, right? And right. and are they going to throw him into it? Are they going to be able to get him back week one? The answer is probably yes, because he was he was injured pretty early on. And right. so I think that he's going to be able to come back pretty quickly. But then the next question is, well, how much workload do they want to give him coming off an injury? And do they want to continue to just feed him the ball? Mm-hmm. They run the ball about 500 times a year, right? So there's going to be other backs in the mix as well. So this is a two, a two-headed committee at the very least. Probably see a three-man rotation at times, you know, including Lamar running the ball as well. So uh, there's so much opportunity to go around this backfield that, you know, Batty has to be in the consideration. Yeah, and that and that was part of my uh, my theory behind trading J.K. Dobbins was just to try to avoid, uh, you know, that diluted workload. Uh, It of course, who I traded him for? I traded uh, Dobbins in the one ten for A.J. Brown, who also got traded on draft night. So <laughs> The Grim Reaper of trades. Dan, Dan exactly. jinxed it. Dan jinxed them both. We, yes. we got a question on the screen, guys. we got to give love to the chat. FFQ later, in the draft done so far for best ball, what vet second year and on wide receiver RB have you seen that are dropping where value screams – screams at you because everyone loves rookies. I don't have my reading glasses on, guys. Sorry, I can barely see this. <clears throat> so basically asking vets and, and um, second-year receivers and RBs that you see falling right now in best ball drafts. Does it have to be second-year? Can I just – I'm going to cheat and say vets. Yeah, yeah go um, ahead. Yeah. There you go. Just like, values that you're seeing. 
like Rashad Penny right now is a prime example, right? Mm-hmm. The, the he's like where he's like where he finished the year. I thought he was going to be drafted in like the running back dead zone that like four to five, six range. And like he's being drafted in like rounds eight and nine right now. It's just crazy. And the finish that he had down the stretch, I said earlier, is just it was it was astronomical. Like he was on pace. Like it had that been his season long pace, he might have finished as the running back one. Like that's how good he was down the stretch. And you add in Walker, who's a dynamic back, probably the best peer runner in this draft class, but he's a rookie in the Seahawks with Pete Carroll who benches rookies. And it just, I don't think that one, it's going to eat that much into penny share because this has always been a committee back backfield. Anyways, Carson's probably not coming back. He doesn't have a neck. I mean, Pete Carroll is like the most optimistic coach in the NFL and everything he says you take with a grain of salt. And he's even saying, oh, we're going to see how it goes. It's up to Carson if he can take a hit like that doesn't sound to me like he's going to be running the rock in 2022 if he can't take a hit. And they're just testing him out running right now. Like we're almost a full year removed from this injury and they're concerned about him taking hits at this point. Like to me. They're probably going to both be in the mix. Walker probably gets playing time, especially if Carson doesn't play. But Penny's going to be the lead back, and he's being drafted in rounds eight on average. Yeah, he's ninth right now, and according to Mojo. And I, I could probably, as the hype builds, it would probably go down a bit more. Yeah, I guess I reach because I like him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to throw in three more guys who are right around the same range as, range as Penny. Uh, Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. he, got, he got no competition uh, through the draft. <laughs> Um, Devin Singletary, I think, you know, obviously we got mm. competition through the draft, but, you know, honestly, um, I still think he's going to be a big part of that Buffalo offense. And then uh, Chase Edmonds, uh, I'll throw him out there as well. Again, you know, somebody who got zero competition through the draft. Uh, you know, if, if you believe that Raheem Mostert is the answer, then, you know, Godspeed, young man, but uh, I'll, I'll take Edmonds. I'll agree with Dan on Edmonds. I think Edmonds is just a screaming value right now. Um, and I'll throw out, I'd like to keep an eye on the Elijah Moore ADP as Garrett Wilson, you know, as we start seeing a little bit more of those guys merging together in, in closeness, because I think Elijah Moore could end up becoming um, a big value if he pulls back a little bit. Anyone really that's been like so-called replaced in the draft, right? We can we can look at like Eliza Mitchell. You know, uh, one guy I like since the trade that uh, Vegas made is Hunter Renfro. I find he's dropping too much. Um, you know, we saw what's the other guy in the Bills, uh, Davis. No, you know, he didn't see a threat come in uh, through the draft, so he should continue to see, um, you know, target target growth and 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 more action in in a in a nice offense. Obviously, there's a few guys in that range. We talked about you know Albert O's, those kind of guys. trying to see who well obviously we know bateman's value is is probably going to end up uh yeah, where it should be it's still in the ninth right now i think it's got room to go up yeah some good names for you um getting back to the draft there were six wide receivers drafted in the first round um which one will make the biggest impact in redraft this year and then which one is the one that you want if you're picking one strictly for dynasty um, it's a toss up for me between London and Burks. I think you can land either or and be fine both ways. Uh, I think both of them are going to have, I think Burks probably has a more pro- 
productive year one just because the quarterback he's tied to, even though it's Tannehill, but Tannehill still step up for Mariota. It's funny how that came full circle there, but it's uh, um, so true. <laughs> but Burks, I think, is just falling into, like I said earlier, you know, 336 vacated targets, 64% of the team's target shares there, where London is going into the, you know, the fifth most target share, 42 per, 42.88% of the vacated targets or target percentages available there. Um, I, th- I think pick your poison, whichever one you like. You know, London's more of that traditional X receiver, big frame, six foot four, 214 pounds. Probably, probably is going to see less coverage because he's playing with besides Pitts, where Burks is going to be playing next to Nick, West- Nick Westbrook, Akeen, and Bob Woods once he returns. So, um, you know, plus you got to think that this is a pretty run heavy offense. Um, so, I, you know, you might want to give a slight lean to London year one, but I think it's a, it's a pretty damn good coin flip. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping to end up with some of both in my rookie drafts. Yeah, I think hey, it's where you, if you have if you have volume, you're just kind of diversifying, right? You don't want to be wrong and right, have exactly. one guy 75 percent of the time. You want to try to 50 50 these guys as much as you can. Right, and and I think you know, and we can throw up uh, 1912s question here because I think these guys are going to go pretty much in any order in most um, rookie drafts. I think you're going to see Burks, London, Walker kind of go in two, three, four, and you can you can really just put them into a hat, shake them up, and pull them out, and you know nobody's going to be surprised in any particular rookie draft what order they go in. Um, you know, so if I've if I've got you know, like the, the 102, uh, you know, I, that's a place where I would even consider dropping down to the 104, you know, yeah. if I can make that deal just because, you know, I, I'll, I'll take some of each, please, but uh, definitely more Burks in London than Walker. Billy, I want to ask you about two other names receiver-wise because I've seen this guy squeeze in actually ahead of, of, of Garrett Wilson in one draft with Jamison Williams and then – Another guy who's shot up, obviously, because the landing spot is Sky Moore. Where are you on these two guys? Do you see them uh, in, in a lower tier than the guys we're talking about? And how do you see them uh, with their futures ahead of them? Yeah, I can just kind of go through my tiers right now. Um, you know, Burks and London are in their own tier for me. I think that's pretty decided at this point. I really liked Wilson's skill set probably the most out of all of these guys. But landing spot, I think moves him down just a peg for me as don't fully believe in the landing spot. Um, but tier two closely behind is Wilson. And then I have Williams and Olave there in tier two, tier three in order is bell Pickens and then sky Uh, I wasn't as high on sky as a lot of people. I was, I loved Pickens tape and I really liked bells tape. You know, people say, Oh, Bell's slow. So was Jerry rice, but Jerry rice had really good feet. Bell has really good feet. You look at his tape and like the dude's a magician. Like he makes people miss and you're like, he's not running fast, but he's just the way he moves his feet. And he's just so magical with him that he just makes people miss and he can just get by people. So bell actually leads that tier three for me. And then tier four is Dotson, Mechie and Watson. And then tier five is Dubes, Wandale, Tolbert, and then Pierce. Damn. The hate with Pierce, my Colts. Come on, man. <laughs> Jordy Nelson there. Oh man, I kind of laughed at that one when I saw it on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's um, let's talk real quickly. I, I I know I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I want to make sure we get to this one. Uh, the veterans have gained the most value on dynasty value on draft night. Uh, Billy, who who do you have? 
I, I've been pounding the table on two names here, and they're on the same team, actually. Yes. And it's going to be Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, right? I, I've been talking about vacated targets and vacated targets and vacated targets, and I can say it until I'm blue in the face here, right? But, it, you know, it's a, it's a real thing. And you look at, you know, the Chicago Bears, and they're like, what is it, fifth, sixth, one, two, three, four, five, six, tied for seventh, the seventh most vacated targets, 217 vacated targets. Darnell Mooney had 143 targets last year as it stands. Tie in all they did in this draft class was add, you know, Velas Jones around three and seven undrafted free agents. Like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. At that point, Mooney's going to, like, to the to the moon, like 140 targets is is not even, re- it's not realistic. It's probably low now. Like, we're probably talking about 150 targets, 100, maybe 155, 160 targets. Like it's, that's a real possibility. And then Cole Komet, like I said, on the same team, they got rid of Jimmy Graham. Again, all those targets are there for the availability. They, they only after they only added two, uh, two rookie tight ends that were undrafted as well. So they have no competition for these two. And they already have the chemistry with fields. They showed rapport with fields. Like I've been drafting these guys nonstop already in early drafts. And I'm so happy that I just kind of went all in on him early and said, I don't care if I have 30 in, in, in commits. So commit, I had 40% ownership because he was going so cheap. And I, I normally, I'm not a guy that likes to go that high in ownership, especially with the volume that I do. But when I was getting him in round 14s and drafts, right. I, I was like, why not? Like, it doesn't matter if he busts. Okay. Whatever. It's around 14 pick. But if he hits, like I think he's going to hit, he could be a top 10 tight end. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing with Komet, too. Uh, no, number one, everything Billy said, absolutely true. Number two, uh, last year, 93 targets, zero yep. touchdowns. You know, what are the odds that's going to happen again? Yeah, try uh, to do the, it. the 93 targets is now on the low end. Basically, if you look at uh, the top seven tight ends last year, all of them had 95 targets or more. Uh, you know, and then and then you had Komet way down at number 20 with 93 targets. Uh, you know, so that's that's where you want to bet on the positive regression right there. And the fact that, you know, he's I mean, I can't see a way that he's not going to get over 100 targets this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, probably more than 110. I don't know where you have projected at, Billy, but uh, I haven't projected for 119 right now and I might be low. There you go. You know, if he gets 119 targets, that's going to be top five in, in tight ends and targets, guaranteed. I, I like Wheeler's thought on Landry, too. Yeah, for instance, last year I had Hawkinson projected for, I believe it was 126 targets. He was on pace for that to start the year before his injury. Yep. That's the kind of level I think that we're going to see an involvement in the passing game from Komet here in 2022. Right, and you and you can get, like, two Komets for one uh, Hawkinson in pretty much any league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, and Wheeler. Uh, by the way, Wheeler, you're on the clock, buddy. I know you want to you want to wait till the end of the show in case Muzio gives you a little nugget for that next pick. <laughs> but I'm waiting, man. I got two picks waiting. Come on, let's go. I actually wrote um, an article that's coming out on Player Profiler this week. Um, it was the post draft dynasty winners and losers among veterans. Mooney was a huge one for me. I think a sneaky winner for me was Terry McLaurin. <laughs> simply because it, Drake London was linked to Washington for a while, um, you know, more of a classic X guy. Um, and you're and now you're seeing Dotson land there, which is not like McLaurin at all. I think he maintains his alpha role. 
Bateman's obviously a winner based on the trade. Um, James Connor, I know that's a guy you're you're a big fan of, uh, Billy and and Dan. He's a huge fan of, and he came away unscathed, uh, practically unscathed in this draft. The offense got better by adding Hollywood Brown, adding McBride, um, and the only running back they added was Ingram, uh, super late. Um, Antonio Gibson, a lot of people have talked about as a as a draft loser, based on the fact that they added um, Robinson in the third round, but I think he's a huge winner because we've had, um, you know, guests coming on the last couple weeks, you know, talking up, you know, Kenneth Walker visiting Washington, Brees Hall visiting Washington, and he avoids the the top guys. So I think if you're a Gibson dynasty manager, you're kind of feeling, you have to feel pretty good. He still has pressure to perform and stay healthy, but you know, the, it's his job. And then how about Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley, um, the giants did nothing to show that they're worried about Saquon at all with their actions during the draft. Um, they, they improved their offensive line um, and they added a, a receiver. You know, they were linked to running backs as well. Um, but Saquon, he participated in the mini camp and they did nothing in the draft that, that should show you anything showing that they have any worries about Saquon for this year. Yeah. Quick, quick. Who is the uh, backup running back in for the Giants? Brita. Yes. <laughs> that's all we need to say. I mean, that's... well, we saw what we did, what he did in uh, Buffalo last year. You know, that was Josh it, 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 you know I, I, I shouldn't give Brita that hard of a time. You know, he, he does have some talent, um, but you know, the, the gulf between him and Saquon is significant. And, you know, the fact that they didn't do anything else says that, you know, they're not looking to trade Saquon. Saquon's going to be on this team. And I, I think this offense is, you know, the, the Giants offense, I'm just way higher on in general uh, with the ch- change in the coaching staff. I think we're going to be kind of all a little bit amazed at, how much they were being held back by the coaching staff for the past couple of years. I mean, it was the coaching was awful. The scheme oh, you don't was think awful. Jason Garrett was the truth? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. Um, <laughs> but I'll clap for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think Barkley's a great bounce back candidate this year. He's he's someone yeah. you should you should have been buying, especially in Dynasty when people weren't talking about it. And and I, it's not that I'm hearing it anywhere else right now. To be honest, Dan, you you bring it up and and broke it down nicely. He's you know one of those stud running backs that are hard to get a hold of that you could possibly buy right now. There's not many people you can get around three that could end up being the number one overall player in the NFL right now. Right. Exactly. Which veterans which veterans lost the most? Dynasty value. Easy one, Carter. So we don't need to talk about him. Yep. Stop reminding me, Theo, please. Mm. <laughs> and JD has to redo his. Uh, Fuck. His, you have to redo your your write up. I totally in have summer. to now, right? Yeah. Yep. I, 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 sure. I mean, he he just I just figured they would compliment him, you know, and use that capital somewhere else. But I mean, they had so many picks that I was just in denial at a certain point. It's like, how how could they not take Hall there? You know. Is it cheating if I say AJ Green? <laughs> there you go. Yes, yes, it is. But you can yes. you can say DeAndre. I don't know, Hopkins. man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's With Hopkins, I would. But you can definitely say DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I think Hopkins you know. Insert insert any vet right now on that on that offense, just because you know they Rondell. I think is going to take a step forward. They get Marquise Brown, who you know played college at OU with 
with um, the midget, right? Kyler Murray. And uh, I just think that, I think that they're going to have that chemistry. A lot of people say, Oh, they got to build a rapport. They, they already have that rapport. It's they had it in college and they're going to, it's going to, it's going to translate to the NFL because they have that chemistry together. Yes. It's, it's a higher caliber uh, or higher, higher level of talent they have to face, but they're going to know each other's, you know, moves and, and timing. And so I think that, you know, Hopkins, you can add in the equation. Green's probably dead now. Um, you can even add in Ertz to the equation. I think everybody in that offense right now is kind of, you know, veterans are going to, are, are kind of, are going to hit that list because, you know, McBride was drafted with round two. So I think you can insert any of those veterans into this question. Right. You, you, you can throw in Devonta Smith. Um, yep. You know, with, with AJ Brown hitting Philly, uh, I think it's definitely going to hurt him. Uh, you know, but he could also become a nice value if he drops far enough. Um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, definitely took a hit with Jamison Williams going there. I'll I throw think someone like someone like Ertz could be a value too with McBride going there. It's not yeah. he's not necessarily going to hit right away. Chase Claypool was on. I, I had Dan. Dan is yeah. Dan is just so sharp tonight. I had I had all of all those guys that you mentioned, Dan, in the article. But uh, Chase Claypool, to me, and I'm a big Claypool guy, but they add George Pickens. Um, Rest in peace, you know, our FBG team last year. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We don't need to talk about that one. We don't need to talk about that one, Billy. But Chase Chase Claypool, to me, it's um, it's it's kind of like that that worry time because you have Deontay Johnson coming up on a new contract. Um, you know, if Pickens flashes, I, th- I could see them moving on from Claypool after this year. Um, so that was that was a name for me. And then how about Justin Fields? Just based on – we're talking about what the Bears didn't do and how it props up Komet and Mooney, but Justin <laughs> Fields has gotten no help whatsoever. Um, right. you know, they're not doing anything to help him out. And, and you know, it's how much, how much value does, does – you know, how much does Chicago value Justin Fields right now? It's with the new GM in there. It's, it's, it's a little odd. And then I did have Devin Singletary as a loser um, – Despite whatever we think of of Cook, they used a second round pick to get Cook. They tried to get McKissick. I think at the very least, it, it caps what what um, Singletary can do as a receiver. I mean, you saw the end of last year the the tear Singletary went on. Um, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's great for Singletary, um, and I'm a little worried about him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's great for Singletary, but on the other hand, I mean, you know, people weren't valuing him that high even before the NFL draft. Uh, you know, everybody was kind of going in with the assumption that they're going to do something at running back. And I think of the, the things that ha- could have happened at running back. This one is one of the ones that's probably a little bit less um, tough for him to overcome. Um, I would have been a lot more worried had we seen uh, Brees Hall or Kenny Walker go there, something 100%. like that. Yeah, it's it's like one of the best of the worst case scenarios, right? You right. Like you, you look at it and like he was going in like what seven and eight before. Like I got him at pick one oh six last night in underdog draft. Like that's just stupid cheap. But the upside that he has, like I'll take that discount all day. Like I don't care if Cook's there. I, I like that he's falling in drafts now because it, it presents opportunity and presents value with, you know, arguably the most electric offense in the NFL. Yeah. And and, and to Theo's point uh, on Justin Fields, um, just a few days ago, I traded uh, Justin Fields in the 207 in a one quarterback league for um, Jalen Hurts. And Dan, Dan's stealing out there. 
And uh, Theo, I, I like your call on Claypool, and I thought it was awesome of the Steelers to like it was like the ultimate troll move. They had him announce his replacement, possibly. I know it. Pickens. <laughs> so <cool. laughs> and put the Canadian out there on the stage just to take a beating. Come on. It's like like <laughs> training your training your replacement at work. You could, you, you, it's, it's good thing they didn't send Tannehill out there, eh? Imagine they send Tannehill nice. to make that pick. I, I was I was like I was hoping that they were gonna send him out for the next like on their round four pick when they took Calvin Austin too. And I was like, oh please, please send him back out for both receivers, like as a sign, like get your together, buddy. Like you gotta figure it out. Like it's real. Like I, I talked about like I know we talked about it a lot off air last year is Claypool's immaturity, right? His rawness, and he definitely has the talent, right, to succeed in the league. But I just think that from you know an immaturity standpoint, I just don't know if he's quite ready to be a number two in an offense at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right there. And the thing is with Claypool, I mean, his, his, he didn't have great production metrics in college. What he had was great athleticism. Yep. And sometimes those are the guys you see who, you know, kind of hit for a year, you know, kind of like Martavis Bryant, that type of thing. Um, so, you know, seeing, seeing Claypool fall, he, it's like, he's kind of got those physical characteristics that you really want uh but he's kind of showing that maybe what we saw in college was really a little bit more indicative of what we should expect as a pro and also may i say uh we should have had ed marinero announcing every draft pick uh we'd probably be getting to about the fifth round by now yeah And I'm I'm convinced I'm convinced that the Steelers the the Calvin Austin thing was just it's just classic Raven Steelers rivalry. The Ravens were set to take Calvin Austin. They were linked to him. The Steelers took him one pick ahead just to just to stick it to the Ravens. I think that was <laughs> that was just fantastic. You lose Hollywood Brown, you can galaxy brain your way to using Calvin Austin in, in a lot of those routes. So it was a real real way to stick it to your rival, and you love seeing that. I want to put uh, Kyle's question on Kyle. Uh, shout out to Kyle. He's uh, a regular, drops some great comments on our shows uh, on the regular, always complimenting the shows and, and the, the work that we're doing over here. So we appreciate your support, buddy. Let's, uh, let's answer his question here. My dynasty league, we only need to start one RB. So the position isn't too crucial. Looking to move Elijah Mitchell in 203 for the 103. Eyes on London, Burks, Wilson. Any thoughts on, on that Move is that a, a legit offer? Do you think that gets him the 103? Billy, I'll go I wouldn't, first or Theo. I wouldn't take it if I had the, the 103. I think that you know, you're as, as, as Dan tells me with all my offers that I show him, I'm like, I go to Dan just to say, like, is this like an offer? Like, is am I gonna just get you know, instant reject? Because you know, so you, you always want to give, I always say this if you really want something, you, you're better off offering a bit more to, to get it, right? Dan, is that uh. Fair to say. I, I mean, for the most part. But then I just watched. Uh, I, I I just watched Shelly in a uh, startup draft trade the 102 for the 106 and the 2023 first. Oh damn, that's pretty nice. <laughs> ah, that's nice. I like that. Yeah, it it it, it and I was like, uh, dude, how did you manage it? He goes, I sent the offer, and he didn't even, you know. <laughs> question it he just took it and i'm like he says this is this is why i'm totally unrepentant on sending bad offers and i'm like okay it worked yeah i'm gonna say in a one running back league send it but it probably won't be accepted you know it's worth a shot though right it, yeah i would send it for sure 
but it, it probably won't happen. But I would if if you can get that, I would I would go ahead and do it, especially in a one running back league. Yeah, and especially with Mitchell, uh, you know, we're just talking about you know draft capital and everything else at running back, you know. So you're 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 looking at a guy who's you know he could get replaced at any time. Guys, I want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Underdog. Uh, you know, I talked about the FFPC. You're having fun the FFPC. You know, it's like maybe one thirty. You 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 want to go find a new batch of of, uh, of targets to cruise. You head over to the other hot club, Underdog. They've got you know a quicker. You get the mobile app on your phone. They've got huge money tournaments on right now. Million dollars first place best ball tournaments. Twenty five dollars buy in. You've got every sport out there. NBA playoffs are on right now. Major League Baseballs are back. You can play all that NHL playoffs. You can play uh, on their player props and best balls. Go check it out. Underdog Fantasy and use the code District. If you're signing up for the first time, you'll get up to $100 free in your face just for signing up and using the code District. Anything we haven't touched on yet, uh Guys, I know I'm looking at the questions, and I, I mean, not not necessarily elephant in the room because of the the quality of the quarterbacks. But did we talk enough picket yet? Like, where Billy, were you seeing picket, especially the super flex guys? Right, we talked about maybe not reaching, um, but it, is he worth targeting for you? Or, or I guess you, you gave us the Davis Mills answer. Is that what would apply with picket there, or is that more like yeah, the later I, guys? I I just rather take Mills over okay. almost anybody in this class. I just. You can find value at quarterback on anyone's roster. There, you'll any someone has a third quarterback or maybe even a fourth quarterback. They're willing to give up for you know not necessarily cheap, but rather than spending a round one rookie pick on a quarterback, go out and get someone like a vet that's you know maybe at the tail end of their career. Even I don't. I just much rather have like so many so many players right now over most of these rookies. Like if you're rebuilding, fine, go ahead and take Pickett. Go ahead and take Willis. But I I feel gross doing it <laughs> yeah yeah for sure i'm i'm actually curious to see where where dan would put Pickett in a, in like a, a rotoviz rookie draft or excuse me a try a, a, a try you know what i mean a triflex or a regular ffpc league um that's super flex where would you take him uh, i'm gonna put him low enough that i'm never going to actually have to make the decision to take him I don't know what the answer to that is, but, um, you know, well, the, an- the answer seems like we're avoiding the quarterback spirit. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just, I have no real interest in Pickett at all. I mean, you know, I guess theoretically there's a point where I would be going, well, okay, I guess I'll take Pickett, but I mean, that's, you know, you're pretty much down to the Drew Locke tier before I'm starting to think about that. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I, Honest to God, I would rather gamble on Willis for a cheaper price than than take Pickett. Yeah. Like if this is dynasty, I'd probably just punt the year and take a quarterback next year. Like right. there you go. Look at that. I, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like you just punt. Like yes, take the it, punt and trade away your your veterans and acquire twenty twenty three. Like if you are in that bad a situation, the superflex, you have to just punt the year and go for next year. Yeah. If it's redraft, like go get go get Goff, go get Davis Mills. Like there's so many other options. Like. You don't have to have these guys. Yeah, I think it's just if, if you want to, you know, kind of remind yourself, the only third round um, drafted NFL starter this year of note is Russell Wilson. And then when you go back down one more round, you get two fourth round hits in, in Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins. 
And it's just barren. Those These guys don't hit. They they rarely hit, and they rarely become fantasy starters. So it's, you know, the NFL told you what you should think about these guys. And, um, you know, Kenny Pickett has – is in, is it's like the – He's got great weapons, um, you know. So I want to, I want to draft him. They took him in the first round thing, but uh, I don't know. It's just he he lacks the upside to ever really return much value if you're taking him with a, you know, like the 103 in a in a super flex. It just you just can't do it this year. I think you just pass on it. So let me let me ask you guys this question: um, Can you pick it or Tom Brady? Oh, it's not even a question for me. Yeah, Tom, I want to win, Dan. I don't want to sit there and watch shit rot. You know what I mean? Right. I'd rather trade away a pick and take Tom Brady and then worry about that pick next year. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, I'm, I think I, I'm I, with Billy. I, I, I totally agree with that. It's just funny to me because, I mean, you look, you know, in pretty much any trade calculator and they're they're like, oh, can you pick it? Way more valuable. than Really? Tom oh, wow. Yes. That's a trade you got to be making then. I, I've been, exactly. you, almost trade, you almost draft Pickett just to make that trade. But I just just like to put like all honesty on the table here, I've been telling people to trade Tom Brady for like 10 years, telling him it was like we're getting near the end of his career. And here he is at like age 50, throwing dimes, you know, and, and arguably putting up MVP caliber years. So I, until he retires, I'm not going to bet against Brady ever again. He, the 45-year-old <laughs> guys break the, uh, the trade calculator. In, in Dynasty <laughs> right. calculator. It's never good for it. It's yeah, he's just so, Yoda now. He just needs to be Yoda in there. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. So it, it, <laughs> who's who's Grogu? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at Dynasty Trade Calculator. Kenny Pickett 24.2 points. Tom Brady 9.6 points. Um uh, yeah, that's that's way off. Um uh, looking at the um oh what is it, the Dynasty Dominator. Um you have Pickett for 170 points and Tom Brady for 116 points. I'm sorry. No, they have it the other way. They have one Brady for 170, Pickett for 116. So that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, um, that makes more sense you know, to me too. Exactly. But, I mean, if you can if you can trade, you know, Pickett plus a second or something and get Brady. Why yeah, I just, you know, you just got to know that if you are doing the Brady side that you have to continue to think about quarterback right because he could retire at any point but like if you're worrying about taking picket you have to worry about him even playing continuing moving forward you know right. the year so i that there it's equal it's equal risk in my opinion moving forward but one's the goat and one is you know has goat hands like it's just tiny hands like it's like and, and just i just i have no faith in this quarterback class Okay, guys, let's do uh, let's do some quick OTCs. I know we're we're close to the end here. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna grab one of these uh, drafts that I'm in right now. Oh, I had a oh Sky Moore or Christian Watson. Billy, I'll go to you Ooh. first. We'll go around. Oh, I might go back to my. Dan chair. is not allowed right. to answer this. I'm gonna say Sky Moore. Come on, this Sky Moore. Yeah, Sky Moore. Not Sky Moore all around. Sky Funny because Watson's going ahead of him in in the drafts that I'm doing right now. Um, Watson will be the most overdrafted, disappointing player in this entire draft. I could see that. James Cook, Rashad White. Ooh, I'm going to go Rashad White. I'm going to go James Cook. Right, is, is this Dynasty or are we talking 2020? Always Dynasty. We're doing Dynasty. Rashad White, 100% yeah. Rashad White. It's all about yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go Rashad White in Dynasty. I'll go James Cook probably in redraft. 
And and the reason I say that Theo talked about looking at a one year trajectory for these, especially these running backs. For me, I'm it's dynasty. I'm looking at a year, a year and a half. I'm not looking too far ahead in general with running back position. So, I mean, it doesn't change much. What if we go later down, Algier or Zamir White? Zamir White. Theo. I'm going to go Zamir, Zamir White as well. I think he's real sneaky in, in Vegas this year. You have to also consider that they declined Josh Jacobs' fifth year, so yeah. it would not surprise me if like, somebody had a running back go down either early in the season or even into camp, and they came knocking on the door to trade, and they got rid of Josh Jacobs and let Zamir Wright run. Do you uh, Does Davis Price fit anywhere with these names, that, the last two names we've talked about, or is he behind both of them? Behind both of them for me. All right, so so that's uh, I'll be taking Algier and uh, Zamir White with my next two picks here, uh, Wheeler. <laughs> FYI, <laughs> um, I wondered if that was why you were asking. Did we? Billy's got to give his uh, top five. I was just going to ask yeah. Theo if if we've done that yet. No, I, let's do that. Let's give let's give. The, I know you guys probably got it through the whole show. He's he's probably you know if you put the pieces together, but make it simple for for people who might rewind to the end there. Uh, Billy, give us your top five right now. FF, FFPC rookie drafts. Uh, Hall, Burks, London, Wilson, Alave. Does that change for either of you, Dan or Theo? I have. I oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm so professional. I throw the question at both of them. See that, Billy? You can use that. Yeah. It's okay. I'll let you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Theo, go ahead. Then I'll do mine. Hall, Hall for me at one. This and th- 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 so for me, it's it's Hall's. It's almost like Hall, and then a tear break. Um, yep. I'm gonna have Burks at two. I'm gonna have Wilson at three, London at four, and Walker at five. But I will say that if if you're running back needy, I like Walker, and I and I would take him as high as as the 102 if I if I really needed one in the, in the FFPC. But like I have a 102, I know I'm gonna take Burks in in one league. I have another 102 where it could be it could be Walker or or one of those wide receivers. Yeah, it's very similar for me. Uh, you guys have anything different, uh, Dan? Do you have anything different? I I have Hall, um, London, and Burks basically tied. I actually have Jamison Williams above Kenneth Walker, but I know I'll okay. need to take Walker before Williams. So. Um, Functionally, I have Walker ahead of Williams, but um, as far as my actual, you know, my actual rankings, I have Williams in front of Walker. All right, guys. And then just before we close out, um, I know that we're we're close to the end here. Billy, Jamison Williams. Jamison okay. Williams is one guy we didn't talk about it. I just we like we've talked about him on the Goat District for for weeks, but yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on on Jamison Williams. I like it. it. I mean, had we known exactly what his timeline was coming off this ACL injury, I would argue that he is, you know, arguably the 101 in wide receivers in this class with those I, top 2. With those top 2 with Burks and London. I I put him ahead of both of them quite frankly. Oh, okay. Um he he's that good and you know, and so dynasty, you know, which is what we're talking about. I I don't love the landing spot, right? But or the you know the competition for targets right out the gate. That's that's my fear with him right now. Also coming off the injury, you know, it, it had had he landed in in Atlanta, like I oh God. to the roof, right? Like like or you know had he had he landed in Tennessee, 
like with where, where he did like either one of these spots, like, or even if he landed in the Saints offense, right? Like it just, it would have been a different a story here, but I, I like the talent. I think he's probably the most talented receiver in this class, but I, you know, coming off the injury and then landing spot, I just have some concerns. Yeah. And, and, and definitely to, to Billy's point there, can you imagine the Saints? They took Olave with Jamison Williams on the board still. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just could not fathom that. I mean, not to say Olave is a bad player. You know, he certainly isn't. But, I, you know, if you have Jamison Williams or Olave, yeah. that's that, – it, it, it's hard to fathom. And look what they gave up to end up getting Olave. It was like right. a, King's, a King's ransom that involved well, multiple trades to move up to that position. Lesson that's, learned. That's, that's New Orleans. They will burn draft capital like, I mean, you know, <laughs> like crazy. They, they just don't even care. They trade up all the time. Mickey Loomis is the most confident general manager, I think, of all 32 general managers. He, it, all he does is trade up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we got to talk about the, the third round later prospects. Okay. Yes, definitely. Yeah, no, let's do that. So it's pretty easy for me, and it's Jelani Woods. Like it, this kind of ties in with the tight end question we talked about earlier. Colts, nice. Like the dude is just an athletic freak. Like six foot seven, two hundred fifty-two pounds, freak athlete, right? And and you know he lands in a a team that likes to throw to the tight end. You look at his spark score, ninety-third percentile. His four point six forty for that size with an eighty ninth percentile speed score is ninety fourth percentile burst score ninety fifth percentile catch radius ninety eighth percentile like I was super high on him and was hoping that he wouldn't be drafted as high as he was in the draft so that you continue to sneak him in rookie drafts and like I said the the drafts I do before the drafts we were able to get a pretty good value on him but. Now he's going to climb. Like it, it's it's one hundred percent. He's going to continue to climb, and I'm already seeing his name pop up in like high stakes leagues and around twenty in even non tight end premium leagues. So it's it's uh, it's interesting to see him climb boards. And I think I don't think he's going to have a great twenty twenty two year. I think we'll probably see more Kylan Granson this year than Jelani Woods. But Jelani mm. Woods for the future is I think for the Colts. Granson or Molly Cox. I think Molly Cox probably has a better year, but yeah. I like Granson more. Yeah. So quick, quick question, just as a Colts fan and, and as an Alec Pierce fan, you, you like the athleticism and those numbers you shot out with Wood. Why not with Alec Pierce when he has similar uh, athletic? I like Alec Pierce. I just like other wide receivers more where like okay. there's only, there's only one tight end ahead of, of relative Pierce. to the position. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw out Taekwon Thornton. Because, of course, I am a Baylor guy. All you have to do is look behind me. Uh, <laughs> you know, but honestly, God, he, he's somebody that, you know, I I guess I did more scouting of him than anybody else because I watch all the Baylor games. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he's, he's a really he's, – he's a good wide receiver. I mean, he tracks the ball well. Uh, he, he's able to get open. He's able to get off press, uh, all that kind of stuff. It really was not his fault that Baylor has sucky quarterback – play and you know just can't really hit the broad side of a barn uh you know so i you know when he when he added the speed that he's got uh you know i think he's a very interesting pick you know once you start getting into like the you know the third round and later of your rookie drafts you know plus he's got the draft capital too uh you know i'm always a little bit nervous about players that move up in the draft based on you know their 
their combine performance, but that's a guy where, you know, he's, he moved up in the NFL draft, but he's still getting no love in rookie drafts. So, you know, I'll, I'll take that discount rookie drafts. Billy, you talk about uh, Granson. I've got 25% Granson in FFPC right now, best balls, just because I was loving him early in, in, in the, in the off season and in the, in the late rounds. Uh, we got a question, Chris Evans, another guy I like uh, in those later rounds, uh, 12 or 19, 12 asking, give us uh, maybe four or five of your top, you know, late round guys that you like to throw darts at in best ball right now. Give me a round number or later. Uh, for me late in like FFPC is what 28. So let's say f- uh, eight, 15 to 18 or later. Okay. F- let me pull up a board just so I can. Yeah, just call it f- round 15 or later. Round I mean, whether you're talking about slims or. Uh, first one just off the top of my head. Cause I, I lock it every single time is James Washington. I uh, love the offense rookie rookie wide receiver Tolbert added, but I, I just the involvement we're going to see if the rookies is unknown 22nd Gallup's, round right now Gallup's coming off injury. So I love James Washington's landing spot and his potential upside. Um, that's going to be probably my first one. Let me, I got the boards. K- KJ Osborne right. going, going right beside him. Another guy like uh, around 22. I don't know, Dan, if you have any insight on that with Osborne, is he, should he come, you know, kind of continue on the, the, the trajectory he was on or, or do you see that just being the situational thing for last year? No, I, I think he definitely makes sense. I mean, Adam Thielen is, uh, Billy said is old. Uh, you know, he's probably going to miss some games and, you know, Irv Smith, we don't know. You know, I, I don't think Irv Smith is really a fantastic tight end. I think he's just an all right one. So KJ Osborne, uh, you know, he, he definitely showed some chemistry with uh, Cousins. So he's a guy I definitely like late. Yeah, I like him too. Okay, good. So I hate to say this because this kind of gives up my strategy for the year, but it's real. Is nobody's uh, listening? Don't worry. I, 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 there's so much value at tight end this year. Like when you look at, targets available and landing spots like Austin Hooper sucked last year, but there's no one else there to really catch the ball this year. So Mm -hmm. Austin Hooper is a good tight end late. You have Ricky Seals Jones who's stepping into the most vacant targets of all of all uh, tight ends, 111 vacated targets. And it's only the tight end position for that offense. So, I mean, that's, that's a massive amount of targets to just fall into your lap from just one position to one position. Like if that was a total team share, it's a different story, but he's walking into a team that literally has 111 vacated targets at one position that he happens to play. And the only other tight end that they brought in is a blocking tight end. So I love Ricky seals. I like always still adding like Marlon Mack. Like I said earlier, I liked him Pierce, but I, they brought Marlon Mack in for a reason, right? I think that it's Marlon Mack's job to lose right now. So I'm going to gamble on Marlon Mack and, I mean, people say, oh, he didn't play coming out. He came off an Achilles. But prior to the Achilles, he looked great. Even after the Achilles, he looked pretty damn good. But they just happened to have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Like, they don't need him. So I like Marlon Mack late, and he's falling now, especially with Pierce being added. Like, I was able to get him in round like 18, 19, uh, uh, sorry, round 18 underdog the other night, 17, one round. Um, so very cheap. Um, you can even get in. And I'm I'm going back and forth in formats here. So you know, Hertz and underdog is 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 going super late as well, around 17. Um, it just depends on the format you're playing. Like if you're playing if you're playing FFPC, you're gonna have to take them earlier because of time and premium. But um, there's there's so many late round targets right now. Like <laughs> I wish I could trade back in best ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree. I agree. take that first guy and then just smash later. I don't know. Take a bunch of them late, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll throw uh, out. I'll I'll throw out one more. 
da- Damian Williams right now yep. as the 28th rounder. It's, uh, you know, we talked about Algier, yep. you know, yep. Cordero Patterson, but Mike Davis, Davis was cut and yep. Williams is Williams is right there um, for Atlanta. And then I uh, just want to throw out two, running backs. I want to throw out two rookies that we didn't touch upon as, as my late round or like, you know, later round sleepers. I think that, um, Pierre Strong, for a lot of people, didn't land right because of the crowded backfield, but I think he's the kind of guy that could really emerge there. Um, I think that he's he's a Bill Belichick kind of guy. It's a small school guy. He's got wheels. He also had four passing touchdowns last year, um, which is just crazy for a running back. He's He's got passing ability from the running back position, so you can just see Belichick uh, galaxy braining you know, packages to, to utilize that. And um, I'll, I'll throw out um, Khalil Shakir, um, who landed with uh, with Buffalo, um, and I think that that's a great landing spot for him. We saw Gabe Davis, um, you know, break out as a rookie, um, and you know, as a as a day three guy. And I think Shakir um, could end up, you know, carving a role and making some big splash plays this year. I'm going to throw out two quarterbacks too. So if this this kind of gives you my strategy. I've been doing on Underdog. I've literally been going like anchor running back and then like six or seven straight wide receivers. And then I'll come back around and grab, you know, the pennies and the, and the, um, the single Terry's and Edmonds. The, the, the Edmonds and the Pollards and fill in mm-hmm. the rest of my running back core. And then I hit like two or three quarterbacks straight and I'll go with somebody like Davis mills and, and golf, right? Look at Goff's weapons this year is they didn't add any, they didn't add another quarterback and they have, Swift, who's arguably one of the best, you know, pass catching running backs in the league. They have a top five tight end in the league. They have, you know, St. Brown. They added James Williams. They, they, they have a really good, like, a really good set of weapons this year. And, and Goff actually had some games last year where, where he had three, four touchdowns. Like, he threw lights out in some games. So, like, Goff is sneaky good this year. So, and that's, I, that's Super Bowl quarterback. Yes. <laughs> so there's, you know, there is some some sneaky some sneaky ads there at quarterback late. So you can just, you know, throw in late quarterbacks, throw in late tight ends, and just go nothing but wide receiver and running back early. No FOMO in best ball. That's another t-shirt we need. There, you, you shouldn't have to FOMO in best ball, man. Don't panic and start grabbing, you know, at the at the the back of tiers just to 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 catch up to other guys' uh, picks. Yep. Keep a strength the strength. No. And, and very quickly, because I've been asked, <laughs> I have to throw it out there. Abram Smith, yes, undrafted free agent, went to the Saints. Uh, Alvin Kamara, likely in legal hot water, could end up uh, missing some games this year. Abram Smith can do a very convincing Mark Ingram <clears throat> imitation. Uh, you know, and Ingram is starting to look pretty washed. So, uh, you know, for, for a kind of a, you know, a very late dart throw and a, a best ball or, you know, somebody at the end of a dynasty rookie draft, uh, definitely get you some Abram Smith. He's worth And it. they gave him, they gave him a lot of money too, Dan, for uh, undrafted guy. I believe he was the highest paid, um, un, undrafted guy. I don't re- recall exactly how much, but it was, a like 250 grand or something. Yeah, a quarter million. Yeah. He, yeah. He got a lot of money for sure. Uh, Hey Theo, who drafted him inside of our FFWC Dynasty League? <laughs> nice. That would be that would be you, I believe. <laughs> yes. Right? That was your team. Yeah. Billy. Yes. Billy. <laughs> Love it. 
<laughs> I was hoping he'd land somewhere. I was I was a little disappointed when he went undrafted at first, and then I, I he was like one of the first undrafted signings, and I was like, oh, good move. Yes, Billy. Do you recall who took David Bell though? I do. Yeah, I remember that 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 bastard sniped me. <laughs> <laughs> that landed pretty well. I was yeah. so mad. <laughs> And Andrew and I, Andrew and I took uh, David Bell, and uh, Billy sent several offers while we were on the clock. That, uh, <laughs> we happily took David Bell, and then a I, few, a few nasty messages after the pick was made. <laughs> I tried to trade up for like three straight hours to get that to get David Bell. I just had a feeling he was going to go, and then they lock him in, and I was like, oh. Well, now I'm going to sit here and milk the clock until everyone tries to trade up and take my pick because now I don't want now I don't want it. <laughs> I was pretty salty. <laughs> that was a fun one for sure. That was like one of the most painful snipes of the year so far. Nice. <laughs> Billy, man, uh, one of my favorite dudes, Theo said it, you know, uh, returning guest, but returning friend. You, you've definitely become a friend of the show and a friend of ours. And we always appreciate your time. We're glad you're feeling better. Remind the people where they can find you. Um, it, I know you had your, uh, your, your vacant targets article. If you want, uh, if it's cool with you, maybe we'll drop the link in the, the comments of the, the show for people to connect. Maybe we'll drop Theo's uh, article link as well that he talked about with, um, was it guys losing value, Theo? It was winners and losers. Winners and uh, losers. So we'll, yeah. we'll drop the link for that in the, in the comments as well. But uh, Billy, remind the peeps and uh, anything else you want to share before we close this out? Yeah, thanks for having me on, boys. Always a pleasure to join. I love talking football with you guys. I, mean, just, I could, if I, you know, didn't have to get the kids down, I'd sit here and talk all night. Like I could get them down and come back if you wanted to. Like, I'd love to. <laughs> but it was um, we'll do a quick mock draft, rookie mock. But uh, you know, I love talking football with you guys. Consider you guys good friends as well. Um, you can find all my work at Full Time Fantasy, uh, also at the FFWC, uh, which is you know another high stakes site where we're doing drafts daily. Uh, I just actually I created the, the the new tournament over there, so it's my own creation. With I mean, it was definitely inspired the Superflex side was inspired by Scott, but the format I I created and it's a unique format. Now I just, I'm going to plug this. Sorry, guys. It's yes, a go yeah. Go um, ahead, man. Go ahead. So it's a Superflex best ball tournament. There's only 600 entries. Um, it's a $50 entry, $25,000 in prizes, and it's completely different playoff format than anywhere else. So none of the one week bullshit pass through stuff lucky team gets to win no you week after week 14 the top two teams of each division go into the finals so 100 teams in the overall finals you go into the finals with your with your 14 week average like you would in the main event or the fpg and then it's a three-week shootout all the top two teams facing off for points championship so no variance no luck all statistics all about the best team whoever wins takes the top prize down and so it's the first time any site's done it. I'm excited to do it. Um, we rolled it out, and we're doing drafts live now Friday. Uh, we're drafting live over there as well. Um, but articles at Full Time Fantasy, and of course, I'm you know posting on Twitter at FF Museo Below. Must follow, guys. I'll, Go ahead. I'll Theo. fire off an I'll fire off an entry. Uh, oh, I'll, I might fire a couple. Yeah, yeah we're gonna be drafting. We're drafting live on Friday. I think there's like six spots left. Um, and there's a max pack. So max packs only, uh, 18 entries, uh, cause you only have 3% entries. And then if you buy a max pack, you actually get a VIP, uh, int- if you, if you draft live in Vegas, they, they have the, the suite already booked. So you can get free entry into the suite for a VIP party for max packs. That's kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Check it out guys. Uh, Theo, 
We, uh, I mean, like we said, man, the heat, the hits keep coming. What do we have on the menu? What do we have coming up? So we have a, a, a fun one on Monday. We have Sean Siegel of Arotoviz coming on. Um, Don't forget Friday. About- Don't forget Friday first. Friday we have Friday. the, uh, uh, what is it? No, I'm going to forget. The Revelations Draft. The Revelations. Yeah, that's right. Revelations Draft. Um, Andrew will be in that one. Dan has brought in a ringer because he is <laughs> he is on a trip in DC. So Dan has a Dan has a, a pretty pretty good replacement uh, drafter um, in Dave Hubbard, one of the one of the best drafters in America. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll try to compete with Dave in that one. Um, that should be a fun draft. Yeah, we'll um, we'll either bring a live stream or we'll do like a review of the draft. We're still yeah, trying to figure we'll do out something. logistic wise, we'll do something but we'll fun. we'll do something because there's some heavy hitters and there's some good content on there for you guys to to learn from for sure. Yeah, for no, for sure, for sure. And then um, Monday we'll have Sean Siegel of, of RotoViz. Um, we're gonna do a, some dynasty. We will discuss zero RB. Um, and we will discuss um, a format that we really like the. FFPC um, Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty format. We're going to get his thoughts on on all of those things, and then Tuesday we have Ian Harditz of uh, of PFF. <laughs> uh, so this is this will be uh, this will be a fun week, and we're also working on a rookie draft review show. Um, we'll have that at some point, hopefully next week, um, where we have some high stakes dynasty players talking about their processes after the draft, um, which is a show that a lot of um, a lot of a lot a lot of people are not doing it, but I think it's a very interesting to see the people with skin in the game, which way they actually <laughs> went on the clock um, in these dynasty drafts. <laughs> Sorry, Theo, the the La Quinta, no, no, no. La Quinta it, comment. It doesn't end. Up. It doesn't end. Andrew is definitely in a La Quinta. <laughs> Somewhere right off the highway. It, the best is I showed you guys today my Google my Google photos shows me like I was down there with my parents like in 2018. My my wife and my daughter and my parents had a place down there and I had no idea it was called La Quinta until it popped up and I was like, hey guys, I was there. There you go. <laughs> nice. The La Quinta Dan, Flex. La Quinta Flex. And Dan, I know you're knee deep right now. You got all kinds of drafts going, all kinds of startups. Uh, you know, at overhyped sleeper, no E on the end. Uh, for sure must follow Dan anything to share uh, before we close this bad boy out no really I mean I think we hit everything uh, this is a fantastic show always love having Billy on Billy you're 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 one of my favorite uh, analysts um, you know one of the one of those guys that if I'm looking for an opinion uh, you're you're going to be one of those guys I go to and I'm going to trust what I hear so uh, if you're not Thanks, following Dan. Billy make sure you do 100% 100% guys check out all the handles on the screen. We appreciate you guys tuning in, whether it's podcasts or YouTube. You guys have been awesome with the podcast downloads, uh, but check in. Guys, if you're not on YouTube, check it out. We're going to keep the live streams going. We'll do some ball in with some draft boards on the screen uh, to, you know, so, you, so you guys can follow along. Just stick with us the rest of the offseason, guys. We're going to keep the hits coming all, all season long. Keep smiling. Keep trading. Keep balling. We'll check you all later. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash off is the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy 
trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be trading. And I always be trading. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Billy, quick question. Colts fan, Woods, where are you taking him? How early are you taking him in a non-tight end premium? Non-tight end premium, I would probably uh, late second, mid-second. All right. Looks like I'm taking him instead of one of those Algiers and Mir Whites. Got to get my Colts, man. Yeah, I'd pass on Algier. Yeah. All right. Good. Great advice. That was awesome, man. That was that was perfect show uh, this time of year. A lot of great info. We are still live, too. Yeah, that's all right. JD likes, to keep, it, JD likes <laughs> to keep it live right at the end of the show. Sometimes we run. You want to know what happens, Billy? Is is The reason I do it is, and Dan will attest, like, I'll, I'll let it run, and it'll be like, whatever. And as soon as I turn it off, all the good stuff comes in. And then we start talking football, and I'm like, why couldn't you guys be talking about this? You know, right after. So I'm trying to catch something. If not, we end it. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna let you guys know about all the updates we had done uh, over there. So I know, I know, Theo, you had drafted a little bit over at the FFWC, but we did. Uh, I've been, I've been put in charge of uh, user experience. So we've like daily. I've been doing emailing the developer and getting things changed. It's been so many different updates and developments. So I want you to take a look at them when you can. But it's, that's pretty uh, cool. No, it's, it's awesome, been, man. It's yeah. been a pretty fun task, actually, like being able to sit there and say, I don't like the way this looks from a player perspective and let's change this to this way and then email the developer. And then, you know, I log in the next day and it's done. And then, you know, oh, I don't really like the way this looks and let's get this changed. And, oh, it'd be nice if we could have this tool. Let's get this changed and just trying to clean everything up. So it's been it's been a really fun task. Is it uh, slow and fast drafts on there? Slow and fast. Yep. Yeah. Well, the fast don't fail as fast because it's not as popular as a site yet but it's uh um you know we're feeling about we'll probably feel like two fast drafts a week maybe maybe one two a max and then slow drafts kind of feeling once twice a week as well well maybe okay. we try to to fill a, a live one and get uh get the crew going maybe we'll do a ball in yeah it'd be fun i know i'm gonna be doing a live show friday so um okay. There's six spots available there if anyone wants to hop in, and that's going to be the Superflex best ball. So, like I said, only only 600 entries, so chances of winning are pretty good. And then um, there's they got the main event in there too, or they it's the the World Championship, and there's you know different tier breaks and packages, but you can win a Dominator. That one's awesome. So you can do ten thousand dollars to first place if you dominate your league. So best best record, most points, you can win ten grand. Oh, I see. Like the best, the best team that finishes first in their division wins that. Is what yeah. So like it, like so, just like the main event, right? If you won, like the the, the one seed, you win. What is it? Like uh, twenty five hundred bucks, whatever it is, right? Yeah. If but if you also had the best record, there's no playoffs. League's over. You get the dominator. You get ten grand. Done. Boom. Set aside. You don't have to worry about that league until shootout. It's kind of oh, nice. Yes. Where are they doing? Where are they doing the live draft? Yeah, I was um, gonna ask in in Vegas. Where do they do the live draft? I think it's Hard Rock, but don't quote me on that. Okay, okay cool. Is, is there going to be a Musio Vegas sighting this year? There is going to be a Musio Vegas sighting this year. Yes. Nice. 
So I'm going to be, I got a lot of football this, this off season. So I got the FSGA next month in June. I'll be in Detroit. And then I got the expo in August and then the, um, the drafts in Vegas. Nice. Awesome. I've been, so, I've been planting the seed with the wife, Billy. I don't know if you have to do that, but I got to like plant the seed ahead of time. You know what I mean? Well, now it's great. Cause I actually get paid for analyst pot. Oh, well, there like, you oh, go. I'm going to work. Right. Like <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan's not paying me yet. So, you know, I'm going to work. Right. No, it's uh, no, I yeah, did. You definitely, you know, you got to make sure your family's set first and, and your children are set first and get everything situated. And then, and then if everything's good, then you can get out. Right. Yep. That's, that's no, for sure. Key. Got to put the time in before Vegas, the family time right before Vegas. That's yes, that's, it, that's the key. I think it's great that you're working uh, that platform. I, I think uh, there's room, right, right now for. Uh, I mean, I, I, we're all probably on multiple platforms playing best balls, redrafts, you know, dynasty. So I, I think there's keep improving all of them, right? Well, and football is just growing and growing and growing. Like you, you think, you, right when you think the market share is is at its peak, you continue to see new players and new sites pop up every single day and year. And I think that I forget however many billion of dollar industry it is, but I think it's just going to continue to multiply, 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 especially as sports gambling becomes more legal in states and DFS becomes more legal in states. And it just, you know, continues to get looser and looser. I think we're going to see a lot more dollars kind of flood in this industry. And I think, I think it's, it's not necessarily in its infancy stage yet, or uh, uh, I should say um, not yet, but it's not, still in its infancy stage, but it's, it's still in its youth stage. And I think it's going to continue to develop and grow and it's only going to continue to do so. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that. I just took Romeo Dubes. Um, three or seven. That's a steal. Draft. Yeah. And then you got one more pick and then, uh, yeah, there's only two more picks and then me and, me and JD are up finally. Nice. Wow. I didn't yeah. think we were going to pick in that thing this week. <laughs> shout, shout out, shout out to, um, to, to Biplop Mandel, um, <laughs> the entire first round. And he also has, um, things going on this weekend. So Bip has been on like a tear. There's no like very, very, very like, like business like. He'll send out a couple of trade offers. Nothing good. He did makes the pick. Doesn't, doesn't stretch it out. It's been, it's been one of the quickest moving drafts you could ask for. That's imp- yeah. That is impressive because I, I saw that, how many picks he had in the first round. The fact that he's got, you know, real shit going on, that's impressive. Yeah, he, he, he has seven picks in the first round of this draft. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, I'm going to get the kids down. All right, All right Billy. Right. So, so Billy, nice have a good Bye-bye. Take it easy, bud. J.D., we can go.